So as a transitional deacon, I have not yet had the privilege of celebrating a wedding, but I have been able to attend many, many weddings for my friends from college and even from some from high school, and weddings are so much fun. There's dancing, there's food, there's getting to catch up with old friends, and it's just an all-around good time. But sometimes as an attendant at these weddings, I don't see what all goes in the background to make a wedding happen. I don't get to see all of the preparations that are made, except for this one time when I was the best man for one of my friend's weddings, and he had the reception at the parish hall, so he and the entire wedding party, we had to do all of the decorations in the, in the wedding reception because it was trying to keep it, you know, in a little bit of a budget. So we all had to pitch in and we spent like three hours the night before the wedding uh, preparing all of the decorations, the tables, all of the arrangements so that all of the guests could have a good time. And that part wasn't as fun as actually getting to enjoy just coming, showing up and enjoying the party. Which is why the responses of the guests in the gospel today is so baffling. The king says, everything's prepared. All you have to do is show up. I've, done, I've taken care of everything. All you have to do is come to the feast. And yet they don't. It's very confusing. The reason Jesus tells this parable is he's trying to illustrate something about the kingdom of heaven. None of us deserves heaven. And yet, still we are invited to it. God has taken care of everything. He sent his son Jesus into the world to die and rise from the dead in order to save us from our sins so that we can be in that heavenly banquet with God forever. All we have to do is accept that invitation, accept that loving encounter with our God that is known as faith. And though we don't deserve the call of faith, we are still expected to live it out. Because of this weird little thing that happens at the end of the gospel, where one of the guests is kicked out of the wedding. One of the guests comes and there's something about him that doesn't fit in with the wedding, doesn't fit in with the solemnity and the joy of the celebration. And it's not quite explained what this garment is that the king expected this attendant to wear. And so to help us understand what that might be, I'd like to read a passage from the book of Revelation that has very similar language to our gospel reading today. This is what Revelation chapter 19 says. Alleluia, the Lord has established his reign, our God, the Almighty. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding day of the Lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready. She was allowed to wear a bright, clean linen garment. The linen represents the righteous deeds of the holy ones. Then the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who have been called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. 
The linen represents the righteous deeds of the holy ones. So while the beginning of our ability to participate in the wedding feast is this gratuitous gift, this gratuitous invitation that we don't deserve, in order to clothe ourselves in a beautiful garment, we must live out that faith in righteous deeds. Because once we are made worthy of the invitation just by the simple extension of God's love to us, he expects us to respond in gratitude and thanksgiving by the way we live our lives. And the way we live our lives is what clothes us in a wedding garment appropriate for the joy of heaven. Because partly this wedding banquet, while the fullness of it is expected in heaven, it's not just a future event that we have to wait to experience. Heaven breaks through into our reality today at Mass. Because right here on this altar, we get to experience that initial invitation, that initial encounter with the love of God manifested in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, which becomes made present here at Mass on the altar. And as we receive the Eucharist, as we receive gratitude and thanksgiving for that great gift, it spurs us on to do good works once we leave this church, once we leave the building. That's the whole trajectory of our life as Christians, an unmerited gift that we respond with thanksgiving by the way we live out the rest of our lives. Because as fun as the reception of the wedding is, as fun as the dancing and the food and the hanging out with friends is, it would be a little presumptuous for us to just attend the reception without actually attending the wedding ceremony, without actually witnessing the love exchanged between the couple. It might point out that we just want to have the party and the good time and just all of the benefits that come from a wedding without actually caring about who is getting married. So who's getting married? Well, Jesus obviously is the lamb and he's the bridegroom, but who is his bride? Now we can say, oh, it's the church, of course, but what exactly does that mean? Well, let's go back to our passage from Revelation. For the wedding day of the lamb has come. His bride has made herself ready. She was allowed to wear a bright, clean linen garment. The linen represents the righteous deeds of the holy ones. The church is not some enigmatic, abstract concept that Christ loves. Christ loves each and every one of you, the holy ones, the faithful, the ones who are being called to be the church. Once we get incorporated into the church, it's Christ who loves you. He doesn't just love the church, he loves you. And so let us respond 
to that personal invitation, that personal love that Christ extends to us here each and every time we come to Mass. Let us manifest our gratitude and our reciprocal love to Him through our works. Amen.